0: Welcome to this special edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. It's an open forum, and it's your time to call with your questions about the Bible, biblical teachings, and practical Christian living. Whatever's on your mind, call 631-955-5400 to be on the program, or text your question to Pastor Bill at 516-367-0391. Now, here's your host for today's open forum, Pastor Bill Shish. And I am Pastor Bill Shishko, and I'm your host for
1: today's special edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study. As always, we invite your phone calls. If you'd like to be on the program live, call 631-955-5400, 631 955 five four zero zero or you can text your questions anytime during the week. We put those questions together for our regular open forum programs. That text number only five one six three six seven zero three nine one. Help make the programs in weeks to come. Text in your questions five one six three six seven zero three nine one. On our last program, we took some time to consider the world into which Jesus Christ came. It was a world of of darkness. The prophet Isaiah called it gross darkness, a world of gloom, a world of hopelessness. And it's good for us to remember that, especially during the Christmas season, when we think about the birth of the God-man, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, for this program, we're going to reflect on the theme, Because Christ Came. The birth of Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of God's promise that the desire of all nations would come. Humankind needs God, whether it realizes that or not. Humankind, under the curse of the fall of its first parents, can only grope for God. The world into which Christ came groped for God, but there was nothing desirable in the gods that it wove out of its own imagination, only the true and living God can truly satisfy your deepest desires. there had never been anything like the birth of Jesus Christ. Conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary by a unique work of the Holy Spirit, he fulfilled the promise given by the prophet Isaiah that a virgin would conceive and bear a son. And because this unique person from the time of his conception would be both God and man, the promise that he would be Emmanuel, which means God with us, was literally fulfilled. Unto us a child was born, unto us a son was given, and his name would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace. To know Jesus is to know God the deepest desire of all the nations. Well, this happened over 2,000 years ago in the little town called Bethlehem. And one of our listeners texted a question and asked if there were actually two Bethlehems in the land of Israel, and in fact, there were. One was located in the northwestern part of Israel, about seven miles from Nazareth, where Jesus would be raised as a boy. But but that's, that's not the Bethlehem where Jesus was born The Old Testament prophet Micah had prophesied specifically that the Messiah, the promised ruler of Israel, would be born in Bethlehem, Ephrathah. Ephrathah was the earliest name given to that little town that would later be called the Bethlehem in the southern part of Israel, just a few miles south of Jerusalem. See, the Bible constantly shows itself to be the inspired Word of God without error. Over 700 years before Jesus Christ was born, God told us exactly where that most amazing event would occur in Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Bethlehem, which means house of bread, where the one who would call himself the bread of life would be born. And what a night that was. It was Probably in the spring of that year, because shepherds were out in the fields that night, something that resumed in the spring, the dreary winter had passed, even as the dreariness of an old, decaying world was passing away. And it's night, a felt picture of the darkness of the world is described by Isaiah the prophet. And then and then suddenly in the midst of the darkness, an angel of the Lord appears to the unsuspecting shepherds. The glory of the Lord shone around them like the pillar of fire that filled the Old Testament tabernacle and the temple. And they were filled with fear, just as you and I would be. But listen to the words the angel of the Lord spoke. And imagine that you're one of those scared shepherds. Fear not, for behold, stop stop, and think about this. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, another name for Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ, that means Messiah, the Lord. This baby is nothing less than the Lord God Himself. The desire, the desire of all nations, had finally come. And because He has come, there will be good news of great joy for all people, not just for Israel, but for all the nations of the earth. You see, the Bible is a book of promises. God gives thousands of promises in His Word. The first promise, given in the third chapter of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, is that the seed of the woman would crush the head of the serpent. A uniquely conceived child, one not conceived by a man's sperm, would conquer the devil, the one who brought darkness and gloom and hopelessness into the world. Later in the same book of Genesis, God promises to the first Old Testament patriarch that in the line of his family, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And he even repeats the promise to say that in the line of Abraham's family, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. From Abraham's family line, Jesus Christ would be born, the promised seed or child of Abraham. And and that blessing is summed up in the words, good news of great joy that will be for all people, You see, because Jesus came, there's real joy for the world. So into a world of darkness, Jesus comes as the light of the world. Breaking the darkness that sin has brought into the world is the glorious light of the cross of Christ. You see, the cross is the greatest demonstration of the love of God in history. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave him as a sacrifice culminating in the cross. And it is at the cross that the punishment for sin is taken away in the great substitute, Jesus Christ. And into this world of hopelessness, Jesus comes... As the life of the world, the world into which Christ came feared death, as our world does. And it feared gra- the grave as the end of life. Well, by Christ's resurrection from the dead, he gives a sure hope of everlasting life to all who follow him because he calls himself the first fruits of those who have died in him. And those things came well, they came because Christ came into the world. And whether our culture acknowledges this or not, the whole world is different because Christ came. And that's what we're dealing with on today's visit to the pastor's study. If you'd like to call in with your questions and be live on the air, the call in number is 631 5400 or you can text your questions, and that's any time. Just to let you know, again, these programs are usually put together by your own questions. Text them any during the week, 516-367-0391. Text questions only, 516-367-0391. Well, we're going to look into just a few of the ways the whole world is different because Christ came. But we're going to do that right after this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study
0: that great city, New York. Metropolitan New York is the largest city in the United States. And with a population of over 20 million people, Metro New York is one of the largest cities in the world. And what's more, Metro New York is home to people from every nation of the world. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. But churches faithful to historic Reformation Christianity in the Metro New York area are few and far between. The mission fields of Metro New York are America's richest, and most neglected. Reformation Metro New York is an agency by which the Orthodox Presbyterian Church is planting and developing biblically faithful churches and church ministries in the Metro New York area. Through Reformation Metro New York, you can help promote the outreach of this program, a visit to the pastor's study, and other projects designed to further the ongoing reformation of the church. That and church planting are the great passions of Reformation Metro New York. For more information For information, check out the website at ReformationMetroNY.org where you'll get a personal look at the ministries of the churches, pastors, evangelists, and teachers of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in the area, and you'll learn how you can be a part of our labors. We need your help. Here's the site again. ReformationMetroNY.org Thanks for your interest and your help. Remember that great city, New York. To reach Metro New York is to reach the world. Now back to today's edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study.
1: Pastor Bill Shishko here with you for today's Visit to the Pastor's Study. We're taking time to reflect on how the world is different because Christ came into the world. Live call in number 631 5400 or your texted questions anytime during the week, 516-367-0391. We're trying to make the pastor's study available to you. It's very important to emphasize that Christ did not bring in a social revolution. That's what the Jews of Christ's day wanted in their Messiah. You see, revolution bring social chaos, and and that's not a good thing. We're called to pray that we might live peaceable and godly lives. You see, Christ brought about not revolution but transformation, beginning with individuals just like you and me. In the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 13, Jesus says that the kingdom of God is like leaven. That's an old name for yeast, yeast in a loaf, The influence of yeast is gradual, it's persistent, and it's eventually total. A little yeast leavens the whole lump. But how does that work? Well, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, uses the Word of God of which he's the author. He shows you the good news and the joy that are in Jesus Christ. You see, the best things are all available in him. It's not your best life now. It's your best life in Jesus Christ. And then the Holy Spirit changes hearts. And people turn away from sin and from all other false trusts. That's called repentance, turning away from sin and all other false trusts. And from the heart, you, as it were, run to Christ. You go from darkness to light because Christ is the light of the world. And then, by faith and the wonderful mystery of God's grace, you are joined to Christ. That's why the Apostle Paul would use the term in Christ so often. His name is yours. You become a Christian. All he is and has is yours. You are not God, but you are made partakers of the divine nature by the Holy Spirit, and you have true life. You have everlasting life. You have heaven. You have glory. You have all the very best things in him. And in him, you are being transformed more and more into the image of the one in whom you are in union, Jesus Christ, your Savior, your Lord, your head, your husband. See, that's, that's what the yeast of the kingdom of God does. It transforms people into new creation in Christ, and that's the great gift of God to you because Jesus came into the world. Now, let me ask you, is that new life yours? Is that good news Good news to you is that joy yours. You see, it, it's, it's when new life comes, and that begins with individuals, that's when everything around you begins to change. Now, it changes things gradually, but, but it changes things surely, and that change inside of people like you and me changes things outside of you and me. And the whole world would become different, and it's becoming different today because Christ came into the world. There's three books about this. Uh, One is What If Jesus Had Never Been Born by the late Dr. D. James Kennedy and Jerry Newcomb. What If Jesus Had Never Been Born? Uh, The other, How Christianity Changed the World. I love the previous title, Under the Influence by Dr. Alvin J. Schmidt, How Christianity Changed the World, and then a more recent volume, Unimaginable, What Our World Would Be Like Without Christianity, by Jeremiah J. Johnston, Unimaginable. And then also there's a number of books by Dr. Rodney Stark that I would recommend. One is called The Rise of Christianity. And all of these books show how the yeast of Christ's influence, what we call the kingdom of God, changed the world. Wherever Christ went in his people, remember, he's in union with them and they with him. And that's, that is an, that's an absolutely fascinating story. In the previous program, we saw how Christ's coming changed the view of human life. Jesus blessed the little children, children that were often left to die in what was the equivalent of abortion in the world into which Jesus came. And Jesus ministered to the social outcasts of his day, the lepers and the blind and the lame and the sick and the diseased. The Christians learned that men and women and boys and girls, even if they have deformities, are made in the image of God. There's a sacredness to human life. To help the poor and needy was to minister to Christ. And in Christians, Christ himself was ministering to the poor and needy. And that whole different view of life came because Christ came into the world, and the whole world would become different as a result. Because Christ came into the world, the whole view of women and womanhood would change. For Greeks and Romans, and for many Jews, women were regarded as property. They were to be seen, but not heard, They were not to be taught. Women were regarded as unreliable. They were treated then, as many Muslim nations and many pagan areas today treat women. But Jesus treated women as human beings. He spoke with a Samaritan woman in public. He permitted himself to be touched by them, a shocking affront to the culture of his day. He taught Mary and Martha. Women who were not to be used as witnesses in legal matters because they were utterly unreliable, became the first witnesses of Jesus' resurrection. And the Apostle Paul would write that in Christ, the distinction between man and woman in respect of their standing with God would be done away with. There is now no more male and no more female. You are one in Jesus Christ. Because Christ came into the world, the caste system of his day would gradually dissolve. Jesus ate with tax gatherers and sinners. He went to the homes of the lame and the lepers. See, Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Whatever social class these sinners came from made no difference. Saved in Christ, they became brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and sons and daughters in Christ. And they would eat together in their homes and at the Lord's Supper as one family. That happened because Christ came into the world. Because Christ came into the world, there was a whole new view of the care of the ill and the afflicted, what what joy there was in Jesus' day when Jesus did something unknown to the ancient world, the world into which he came. Charity, good Samaritan hospitality that ministered to the afflicted, care of the sick. All of that was part of the yeast of the kingdom of God that changed people and through them changed everything around them. Hospitals for healing would come into the world because Christ the healer came into the world. And we really could go on and on and read the books, What If Jesus Had Never Been Born?, how Christianity changed the world, formerly under the influence, and unimaginable. And you'll learn what, I'm really sorry to say, our secular and politically correct culture usually refuses to say. See, all religions are not the same. While Christians and their expression of the Christian faith in the church are never perfect in this life, and that's so we won't trust in Christians or in the church, but in Christ— Because Jesus came into the world, everything is becoming different, and different for the better. Sexual ethics, and and ethics in general, education, labor and economics, science, government, human relations, art and architecture, music and literature, all were leavened, by the yeast of the kingdom of God. Now, in the Western world, we may deny it, but just study its history, and you can't escape it. And the Eastern world has begun to experience it. Even the meaning of words was changed because Christ, the word made flesh, came into history. See, Christ in his people brought a total transformation in words like service, despised by the pagans, honored by Christians because Christ became a servant. Love, that self-giving love, agape love, that gives itself sacrificially for the good of others, that was regarded as weakness by the pagans, was regarded as strength by Christians because Jesus is love, because he's God and God is love. Leadership, The pagans exercised leadership by lording it over others. And Jesus said, it shall not be so among you. He would be first. Let him be servant of all, of which he was the model, a servant giving himself unto death, transforming leadership in both the civil and the religious realm. Husband. What husband could not be loving toward his wife when the great God of love is in Christ the husband of his church. And the wife, treated like less than property, hardly, when the wife in history is a picture of the Lord Jesus' wife for whom he gave his life and gives it as he reigns from heaven. And children, how could they be cast out when Jesus blessed them, men, boys, and girls, and deformed and not? You see how all this and, and so much more came because Christ came into the world. Because Christ came, there's good news for all the world and for you. Let me just take a moment in this section that we call counsel from the pastor's study. Let me just ask you, are you joyful because of Jesus? These things I've spoken to you, said the Lord Jesus Christ, that my joy might be in you and that your joy may be full. See, God wants you to be among the all people than an angel of the Lord said would receive the good news of great joy. See, our problem is that things get in the way. We replace Jesus with created things or what the world offers in the place of God. Or ourselves, in most cases, we're the biggest obstacle to receiving and enjoying the great joy that Jesus brings into the world. I have seen the enemy, and it is us. (laughs) The way to receive That gift is pretty simple. Run to Christ in faith. And I love to put it this way. Marry him in faith. Take him and keep taking him as your heavenly husband to have and to hold, to love and to cherish as long as you both shall live. And because he lives forever, you will too. See, God's greatest gift is himself in Jesus. Your faith response to that gift is to say, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Let me ask you, is that your life? And will that be your death. What joy you'll find if that's the case for you. Your eyelids will close in death and then with the eyes of your soul you will see Jesus as he is and that will begin your eternity, the fulfillment of the joy and peace promised on the night of Christ's birth. All that forever and ever because Christ came. Thanks so much for listening today. It's a privilege to be a pastor to you through the medium of radio. Check out the archives of our past Visit to the Pastor's Study programs. You can find them on sermonaudio.com. Just go to a Visit to the Pastor's Study site on sermonaudio.com, or you can go to our own website, visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's all one word, visitthepastorsstudy.org. I always appreciate your feedback and your questions. You can email me, Visit Pastor Bill at gmail.com. Visit Pastor Bill, that's all one word, at gmail.com. Or you can call my study, 516-593-1507, 516-593-1507. Remember, Sunday, the Lord's Day, be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in a church that is faithful to the Word of God. And remember, everyone needs a pastor.
0: You've been listening to a special open forum edition of A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York Incorporated and the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches of Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next Saturday at 1 p.m. for another open forum edition of a visit to the pastor's study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.